And then we're going to be talking about how we can lean into our spiritual gifts. Again, not to use them for our purposes, but for God's purposes to live out our true calling. And we do this every year. We bring our questions of the heart, questions of the mind before God, and we build each other up. We sharpen one another. We bring those questions, those uh, difficult questions, or those that kind of keep us up at night, or that bother us every once in a while, and we just bring them into the light, knowing that God can do something new and beautiful when we just engage it together. Doubt is never going to be an enemy of faith. The biggest enemy of faith is actually not doubt, it's distraction. Just distracting myself with something else. But when I have a doubt and I engage it and I bring it before God and I bring it into the light, we can see God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, do something new and do something beautiful and grow us in a deeper level and a greater maturity. So today... We're actually going to be, begin this conversation on what we believe and specifically what we believe about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit as the giver of all spiritual gifts. We're going to continue this conversation next week and how the Holy Spirit empowers us with specific spiritual gifts and specifically how we can use these gifts to edify and support the body of Christ. In this process, as we've been talking about what we believe and why we believe it, we've also been learning about some of our, our beliefs, some of our confessions, some of our creeds as well. And one of those is actually the Apostles' Creed, which is an ancient um, declaration of faith that we even hold on to here as the people of God in 2021. It was written about 300 years after the birth of Christ, and the Apostles' Creed actually summarizes the foundational Christian beliefs, beliefs that we have as a church. It's been used as a statement of faith in worship by many, many churches throughout history and throughout the world, including us here at Imago Church. And we've been learning it this month. A couple of weeks ago, um, I got to read it. And uh, last week, we read it together as a church community. And this week, we're actually going to have a chance to sing it together. And uh, that'll be immediately after the service. That will be our uh, closing song on what we believe, the creed, this we believe. And um, next week, we'll have a chance to stand and recite it all together as God's people. But we're learning it because, again, it's going to be very important for this to be a part of who we are, to be a part of, of, of our bones, really, to go so deep into us what we believe and why we believe it. But today, we're going to be learning specifically about the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, and also the designer and the giver of all spiritual gifts. So part of the creeds and confessions that we've been learning about are statements of faith. We've already talked about God the Father. We've talked about the role of Jesus Christ the Son last week. If you missed any of that, you can go back on YouTube or the podcast and catch up on those. Um, but today we're going to focus on the third section of that statement of faith, which is all about the Holy Spirit and the church, the family of God. And in that third section, that third paragraph of the Apostles' Creed, it actually begins with this declaration of what we believe. And it says, 
we believe in the Holy Spirit. There's another beautiful statement of faith called the Nicene Creed that goes a little bit further in that and says what we believe about the Holy Spirit. And it says, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. We believe in the Holy Spirit who has spoken through the prophets. Again, we're learning what we believe, our statements of faith, and why we believe it. And we're going to sing this together immediately after service. To put it very simply, the foundation of all that we believe is this. We believe, as the song will say, in God our Father. We believe in Christ the Son. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. We can go deeper in this another time, but really the foundation of all we believe in is in who we believe in. And we believe in one God who reveals himself as a Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And last week we had some time to speak a little bit about this, but today, like I mentioned, you can go ahead and catch up on those, but today we want to understand the third person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. This can be a whole series, obviously, so this will be more of an introduction. But who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is the source of all life. The Holy Spirit is the giver of all life and of all spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit is also the author of God's word, of the scriptures. It actually says that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is inspired by the Spirit of God. So to understand the Holy Spirit a little bit more, we actually need to go all the way back to the beginning. In the very first page and first chapter of the Bible, the Bible actually begins with the Holy Spirit. There was an uncreated world. There was chaos. There was darkness. There was nothing in order. But then the scripture tells us that the Spirit of God descended. The Spirit of God uh, uh, hovered over all of creation and began to bring life. The Holy Spirit began to bring life and order and began to bring beauty out of chaos. So just to take this a little bit further, understanding the Holy Spirit, you can put it this way and you can write this down in your own notes. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God's personal presence. El Espíritu Santo es la presencia personal de Dios. The Holy Spirit is God's personal presence. And in fact, in the language in which the Bible was originally written in uh, in the Old Testament, it was written in, in Hebrew, in ancient Hebrew. And the word for spirit is actually the word ruach, or, or, or to pronounce it more accurately in Hebrew, it's a ruach. You can try that, right? Ruach. <laughs> but the word for spirit is ruach. And ruach can refer to a number of different things. But ruach, spirit, is the energy, the presence, and the reality of God. 
Ruah is also the same word for breath and for air. It's the same word described for God's personal presence. Breath and air. Just like wind, just like breath, just like air, it's all invisible in the same way. God's spirit is invisible, and yet we cannot deny the reality of his presence. We cannot deny the reality of air that we breathe, yet we don't see it, yet we depend on it to live in the same way with the spirit, with the ruach of God. Wind is very powerful, but we can't see it. We only see its effect. And so is the same with the Holy Spirit. That constant presence all around us that we depend on to live on. The most powerful presence and energy around us. We don't see it, but yet it impacts every part of our lives. Breathing is what keeps us alive. And it is the same with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the source of all life. The Spirit of God is the giver of life and the one who sustains life. So the Spirit of God is the Ruah of God. And throughout the story of the Bible, we read about how God's Spirit is at work in and through people in the Scriptures. And one of the first people that we see in the entire Bible that actually gets entrusted with a spiritual gift, one of the first people we see that the Holy Spirit is at work in is actually a young man named Joseph. Joseph was one of Jacob's sons. And we read about that all the way in the first book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis. The Holy Spirit empowers Joseph with a spiritual gift with the ability to understand and interpret dreams. Then we see that the Holy Spirit continues to do that with different people, different servants of God, different men and women throughout the scriptures. But especially, we see the Holy Spirit at work with a very special group of people in the Bible that are sometimes ignored. We see the Holy Spirit at work through, again, this extremely important uh, group in the scriptures that is especially important um, throughout the Bible, but in the Old Testament. And it is through the Holy Spirit at work through servants of God called prophets. Through the prophets. So just a little Bible quiz for us here. Who, who knows some of the prophets in the Bible? Who are the, yeah, Al, who's one of the major prophets in the Bible? <laughs> who, Isaiah, yes. Who are, yeah, yeah, that's Elijah, absolutely. Who are some of the, who are the three major prophets in the Bible? Bible quiz here. And you get a coffee on me afterwards. <laughs> three major prophets in the Bible. Isaiah, Ezekiel, yeah, okay. Someone shouted out there. And Jeremiah, Al, you get two coffees, awesome. Um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel are the major prophets in the Bible. Okay, now even a harder question. Who are the minor prophets in the Bible? <laughs> okay, good, we got some going, but you guys can keep shouting them out. But the minor prophets in the Bible, just like there are 12 apostles, there are also 12 minor prophets. Some of them are these You've heard of most of them. Maybe some of them you haven't. Hosea, someone threw it out there already. 
Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. You knew all those, right? Some sound familiar, like Jonah and perhaps Joel. But wait a minute, you mean to tell me you've never read the prophet Nahum? Or Haggai? Come on, guys. That's all right. In God's timing, we're all going to learn together. That's part of what it means to walk in this journey together as a church. But the prophets play a very important role in the scriptures. The prophets are able to see what is happening in history and what is happening here and now from God's point of view. That's a prophet of God. A prophet of God is able to connect dots by surrendering and aligning with the heart and the mind of God and proclaiming God's truth here and now. A prophet of God, just to be clear, is not a fortune teller. A prophet of God is not a fortune teller with a crystal ball or, with, or someone who tries to tell your future with tarot cards. No. In fact, the word of God forbids that and sets some very important boundaries against that. And actually, in the word of God, uh, we as God, it really puts a boundary and we're forbidden in that. But instead, what the prophet of God does is doesn't just guess the future, but the, the prophet of God tells the truth. The prophet of God tells the truth about God and points to the reality of God and the glory of God, never to themselves. A false prophet, on the other hand, points to himself and to his or her own spiritual gifts. So that's the difference. Just to give a few examples of this and to go a little deeper, um, again, what the prophet of God is and what the prophet of God is not, right? The prophet of God will always point to the giver of the spiritual gifts, the false prophet will point to himself or to herself. Just some examples of this. I, I've dated myself many times, but yeah, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so a lot of my childhood and teenage references are from those days. But growing up, there was actually no social media or YouTube. I know it's so hard to imagine, right? But none of that existed growing up. And somehow we still lived. I don't know how, but we did. There was no social media, no YouTube. There, you know, yeah, we played and did all that stuff, but when we wanted to get entertained by TV, guess what we did? We just watched whatever was on TV, sitting through commercials and everything. I know, it's torture, right? But. Believe it or not, on a side note, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had to explain to my five-year-old kindergartner what a TV commercial was. He didn't know what that was because he's grown up his entire life with commercial-free streaming. What a life. But anyway, growing up, there was no instant access to any form of entertainment that I wanted at any time like we have today. So I had to settle for TV with commercials. And there were the daytime commercials um, that were, you know, just typically pretty boring. But then there were the later infomercials that were actually pretty weird. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. 
but <laughs> some of you nodding your heads over there, I like that. Um, but some of those later infomercials were actually a bit strange. And one of the most infamous infomercials in the 1990s, maybe some of you remember it, some of you may not, but it was from a self-proclaimed psychic who called herself Miss Cleo. I don't know if any of you remember who that is. Some of you are laughing. But yeah, from a self-proclaimed psychic late night called Miss Cleo. And she would actually fake a Jamaican accent and help her night callers with their relationship challenges by guessing their futures or whatever it may be. And you know, I, I grew up seeing that and I didn't really know what it was about. But as an adult, I remember learning that she passed away. In 2016, she died. And when I read the article, I realized that she was actually not even Jamaican. She was born in Los Angeles. And it turns out that she wasn't even a real psychic or fortune teller either. Who would have thought? And I wondered what had happened to Miss Cleo. And it turns out that her company that was on late night TV got, got, got entangled in a $500 million federal lawsuit. And they had to pay some really hefty fines and were taken off the air. That's why you're not going to find those infomercials anymore. Those late night uh, infomercials for that so-called psychic network, they, they came and they went. And that's exactly how it is with any false spiritual gift or a false prophet or a false idol. It works until it doesn't. But the prophet of God doesn't just point to himself or to herself. The prophet of God points to the Holy Spirit, the giver of the gifts, and the source of all knowledge and the source of all goodness. The false prophet will point to themselves and use God and spiritual gifts for his or her own purposes. And that's not only with cheap late night infomercial psychics. That's even with false prophets that are religious Bible quoting false prophets. They'll do the exact same thing. They will use God for their purposes. Just like that other late night televangelist who claims that God has told him that you need to send funds so that he can buy a new jet airplane. You're laughing, but this actually happened. You can look it up. Don't tell me you sent it, okay? But. The false prophet, whether using religious language or pagan language, like, like uh, Paul is talking about there, points to themselves. But the prophet of God, the one who uses spiritual gifts that are aligned with the heart of God, does not point to himself or to herself the man or woman of God points to the Holy Spirit, to the giver of the gifts. And that's exactly what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 12. We'll read that passage once again. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 4. And it says this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. 
Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. And there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Friends, brothers, sisters, only when we're aligned with the purposes of God can we say and live out that Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is Lord of all, including all that is seen and all that is unseen. Jesus is Lord over all that is clear in our lives, and Jesus is Lord over all that is mysterious. Jesus is Lord over the physical realm, and Jesus is Lord over the spiritual realm. The Holy Spirit empowers prophets, empowers men and women of God to reveal the truth about God and to point to the glory of God in everything. That's part of the purpose and the function of spiritual gifts. And next week, we'll talk more specifically on what those gifts are. But today, we're focusing on the gift giver. Again, the prophet of God is a servant of God, a servant of God that never says or thinks to himself or herself, the, the, the prophet of God, the servant of God never thinks, how can I use God for my purposes? But the humble posture of the prophet of God, of the servant of God says, Lord, use me for your purposes. Those are two very different things. The heart of the servant of God who yields to the spirit and, and using spiritual gifts says, Lord, may I use these spiritual gifts to point to your glory. So very quickly, going back to the role and, and, and the person of the Holy Spirit, back to the Holy Spirit in creation, it was the Holy Spirit that brought order and beauty out of chaos and in the New Testament, we see that it is the Holy Spirit who raises Jesus from the dead. And that same presence, that same power of God that was present in the original creation is also present here and now in the new creation, in the new thing that God is doing. By defeating death through the resurrection, by bringing order out of chaos through new life in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit continues to be at work here and now. In the book of Acts, in chapter 2, we see a very important moment where God's creating something new through the Holy Spirit. And that's actually the birth of the church, of the people of God. And what is the moment, what is the event in which the church becomes a new creation, a new thing that God is doing it's in Acts 2 when we see the Holy Spirit descending upon God's people. Just like remember in the original creation, the Holy Spirit descended upon creation. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit descends on God's people in order that we may be part of this new thing that God is doing. As God's people, we can learn his heart, we can learn his mind 
We can be influenced, counseled, and guided by the Holy Spirit, by the Ruah of God, the power and the presence of God is what we see active here and now. Again, we see this beautiful, amazing gift of God freely choosing to come down to us. And in fact, that's the difference between the gospel, what we believe, our Christian faith, and any other worldview. God has come to us. God has freely given us his spirit. And the grace and most beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit is, believe it or not, God longs to fill us with his spirit. He says, you can think like me. You can live like me. You can see as I see through this gift of the spirit. God longs and desires to fill you with his spirit. And the most marvelous and amazing part of all of this is that all we have to do to receive God's spirit is simply ask. You can ask for the spirit of God. You can ask, you can say, Lord, God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come down and rain down on us. Holy Spirit, rain down on me. Espíritu Santo, desciende sobre mí. Imago Church, we're on this journey together of rebuilding all that God is doing here. Rebuilding towards spiritual maturity and church health as the body of Christ in envisioning that and taking action and next steps toward that, may we not do it on our own. But may we ask and call out for the help of the Holy Spirit to rain down and cover us with counsel, with wisdom that is not our own. Because we can't do it on our own. We can't do life on our own. It's too much. It's bigger than just you and me, but it's not bigger than God. And you can ask that today. You can ask, Holy Spirit, rain down. Rain down on this part of my life. Rain down on my household. Rain down in my thoughts. So the story of the Bible, as we've talked about, begins with the Holy Spirit. And the story of the Bible actually concludes with the Holy Spirit still at work. The fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit is what the Bible calls the vision of a new creation, of a new humanity, of a new heaven and a new earth, together restored and renewed through the power of the Spirit. And yeah, that's the big picture of what God's going to do. But friends, brothers, sisters, I want you to hear this. God is not done with you yet. The Spirit of God, 
The same Holy Spirit that has been at work since the beginning of creation. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. When we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it is this same Holy Spirit that dwells in us today. Wow. What a precious and priceless gift. The Holy Spirit of God the eternal presence and power of God, which we have access to here and now. And just as the Holy Spirit brought life out of death, brought order out of disorder, brought faith out of fear, God's Holy Spirit will do the same in and through you. God's Holy Spirit, which was at work and present in the beginning, is the same Holy Spirit that is present with us here and now. And it is that same Holy Spirit that will be with you always, the same Holy Spirit that will be present and faithful until the end. Amen? Let's pray. Spirit, come. That's our prayer this morning. Spirit, come and rest on us. Spirit, fall down. Descend on us, Lord God. We call out, Lord, to your precious presence, to your precious power, your Holy Spirit. Clamamos, Señor, a tu Espíritu Santo esta mañana, Dios Santo. Lord, help us to trust you more, to lean into you, God, to know, Lord, that the gift of your spirit is the gift of your presence. It's God with us here and now. So that's my prayer this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, come. You can pray that for yourself. Come, Holy Spirit, come. The spirit of wisdom, yes, the spirit of power, the spirit of joy, the spirit of goodness, the spirit of life. That is God's spirit that longs to dwell in you. He is with you. Never leave you. The same eternal spirit at creation is with us here right now, bringing order out of chaos, bringing beauty out of disaster, bringing life out of death. And so, Lord, we pray. We cry out to you. Spirit, come. Descend over us, Lord. Rest on us. And may we find our rest in you. Our minds, our hearts will be restless, will be frustrated, will be anxious until we find 
our true peace and true rest in you, Holy Spirit. So we're looking to you, oh precious God, this morning. Thank you, Lord, because you are the one who brings all things together, who brings unity to all things, who never gives up, who presses on and makes those connections. And so, Holy Spirit, this morning, we're also yielding to you, God. Any spiritual gifts that we have, Lord God, may we use them to point to your glory. Thank you, God. We believe in you. We believe in God, our Father. We believe in Christ, the Son. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, your presence and power with us here and now. In your name we pray. Amen. If you can go ahead and just stand. song your prayer this morning. Amen. Make it your declaration.
we believe the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Friends, it's been such a joy to be able to worship together this morning, and worship will continue in our time of fellowship immediately after service. Take time to greet one another in the name of the Lord, to extend that welcome, that hospitality, and take five minutes to just connect with one another and connect with the Lord um, immediately after service. We have some pastries, we have some uh, coffee. So take a moment to just stick around and fellowship since that is part of worship. That's part of the saints communion. It's not just about the, the moment or the event, but about the bigger thing that God is doing. And also just a reminder, if you haven't signed up for the prayer retreat already, we have that sign-up sheet that's been going around and talk to Eris or go to the welcome table just right in the back and sign up. We want everyone that would like to go and is able to go to make it so that we can go and entrust this new year to God and really just cover it in prayer. And so we'll also be doing a fun thing there on spiritual gifts, on spiritual gift assessments too, and learning what some of those are for all of us so that we can continue to build each other up here at Imago Church. Friends, as we go out from here, would you receive this blessing and benediction from the book of Numbers, first in Spanish and then in English. Que el Señor te bendiga y te guarde. Que el Señor haga resplandecer su rostro sobre ti. Y que nuestro Dios te dé la paz y la sabiduría que buscas. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord Turn, turn his face toward you and make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you the peace and the wisdom and the guidance that you seek. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. God bless you and we'll see you here for worship next week. Go in God's peace. God bless you. I believe in Christ's son.